Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, a cultural psychologist with the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California, and excited today to have Ed Condon with us. Um, Ed is the executive director of Region 9 Head Start Association and a certified leadership challenge uh, facilitator. So, um, Ed, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Cheryl. Nice to be with you. Yeah, so looking forward to this conversation on exemplary leadership and what the pandemic has revealed. And really, we will be framing a lot of our conversation around Kunz's and Ponsner's um, The Leadership Challenge work, which is a fabulous body of work. I absolutely um, love their publication. I love their subtitle with regards to the most trusted source on uh, becoming a better leader. I think that uh, their work definitely supports um, that happening. So, Ed, before we dive into the um, conversation, love to have you maybe say a little bit more about yourself and then your connection to this body of work. Sure. Well, thank you. And again, thanks for having me on as a guest and sharing some of the discoveries we've made as we've worked through the uh, past 12 months. Um, my background with the Region 9 Head Start Association is that of executive director here at Region 9. We're here to elevate the Head Start community in many facets through professional development services, through consulting, through training, through elevating the voice and communicating uh, what really matters uh, to Head Start, the families we serve and the staff who work in our programs. Uh, We have a very diverse region in Region 9. That's the states of Nevada, uh, Arizona, California, Hawaii, and the outer Pacific. And so many of our programs are both uh, large and urban, and some of them are, are small and rural, and some programs are housed within county offices of education, others within uh, nonprofit organizations such as Neighborhood House. So mm-hmm. our membership is diverse. The uh, population we serve is from the tribal programs in Arizona to uh, downtown Los Angeles, Northern California, and out to the islands of Hawaii. Uh, there are individuals eligible for Head Start throughout the region in every single county and every single uh, type of the region, whether it's the deserts or or the valley or or the coastal communities, you know, poverty flows everywhere in this in the states. We we know that every community has a high need for Head Start services, uh, and we do that uh, eagerly because we are really here as a uh, champion, not just of early education services for the child, but really for the full fun- full functioning of families to give them that comprehensive service approach, so that. Not only is the child ready to learn academically more prepared for his first day of formal education, uh, but also the family is ready to support the child to increase that trajectory, the success that we hope for and aspire for them to have. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, Ed. Thank you so much for that overview. I tell you, Region 9 um, serves just uh, such a vast um, and diverse uh, population, and the work that Head Start does is just so commendable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as we all know, where there is great wealth in this region, whether it's San Francisco and its tech or it's San Diego and the the emerging uh, biomedical fields or it's Hawaii with uh, what it attracts, serving that population is often families 
with very little, uh, with high needs and uh, challenging circumstances, whether it be housing or, or other circumstances that really keep them uh, pressured uh, to, to make, make, make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Great, thank you. And, you know, I love that um, Head Start looks at the entire family and how do we um, advance the system of the, I said the family system um, in our community system and in our society, um, you know, with regards to just um, moving out of poverty and uh, being able to thrive and have a better life. Yeah, and it's really one of the reasons why the Leadership Challenge uh, matches up so nicely. Uh, the Leadership Challenge believes that everyone has leadership responsibilities. It's about claiming that, claiming that individual identity, whether you are uh, a parent and you're leading a family unit or you're a teacher assistant and you're leading uh, a piece or a part of the classroom or you're a home visitor and you're creating that self-development uh, aspirations within a family. Uh, the Leadership Challenge uses language that I find matches the Head Start aspirations mm-hmm. of strength-based building so well. Uh, and you asked at the beginning sort of my intersection with it. And as I you know, was going through graduate school programs, I was seeking resources that were about advancing and not looking for clinical resources or looking for ways to simply help through uh, pro- providing or prescribing fixes, but really looking at ways that people could lift themselves up through their own aspirations, through their own uh, identified strengths. And we know that's a, one of the secrets with the Head Start program is when we find a family and they engage with that uh, plethora of services and they really take advantage of the health and the social services. They take advantage of their child having the academic readiness, the technologies that are offered, the parent trainings on how to be a better parent, how to manage stress and, and fatigue. Um, leadership Challenge follows a very similar sort of a worldview that each of us are individually responsible for our own development, but together we can do so much more when we move our values and our vision into mm-hmm. that sort of shared context. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. You know, it's um, interesting that you mentioned grad school. I think I might have mentioned to you before. I think um, so. I've been with National University as an adjunct professor for uh, over 20 years, telling my age here a little bit. But the first textbook that we had uh, for a class called Creative Leadership was the Leadership Challenge. And it was just such a delightful um, book to use as a text. And it stayed uh, with that course for many, many years. And students just absolutely loved it. So as we, um, I think before we really dive into the five practices of exemplary leadership, I want to talk about um, the Leadership Challenge's assertion that leadership is a relationship. And we know with any relationship, trust and credibility are cornerstones and the foundation for you know, the work around the leadership challenge is credibility. So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about that concept of credibility and really what has been revealed as we've um, looked at things unfolding and happening in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. And of course we have the racial justice as well as the economic um, crises that have also um, been challenges this year. Yeah, so much has been coming down on people. Sometimes we forget about uh, that we're not just dealing with one or the other, we're dealing with three, and in some communities, maybe even a fourth element, that is the grief and the loss of a family member or the the compromise of health. 
uh, that personal dynamic that is more than just the, the community context of, mm-hmm. of uh, restrictions. Uh, and my heart always goes out to folks who have had to navigate that loss because it's so hard to find your footing uh, mm-hmm. in regular times, let alone mm-hmm. the irregular times that we're in and what will come forward. You know, in the work that we do, and, and you, you nailed it, and that is that credibility and trust it is these cornerstones. And of course, credibility, we know, is really established uh, from a long-term experience. We don't find credibility in someone just through one chance encounter or through one reading of an article or one experience of them in some way. We find credibility through a series of events. And so uh, what we know with our programs is that staff are almost uh, constantly, consciously or subconsciously, measuring the credibility of their leadership. Leaders are always being watched. And this is true as we think about our teachers in classrooms. Children have big eyes and they watch every move you make. uh, They they watch to see, are you kind? Are you fast? Are you slow? What mood are you in? And we do that as adults with each other as well. We constantly are reading and deciphering how, what someone thinks and feels. And that all goes into that soup of whether someone's credible. Uh, The evidence that the Leadership Challenge brings forward through their research uh, of the characteristics of admired leaders or the the characteristics others are willing to follow uh, has been real consistent over the uh, 30 years or so that it has been publicly reviewed and discussed. And Mm -hmm. those particular aspects uh, are well known of, of, uh, of characteristics that we find not just in the individuals we follow, say, in a work setting, but they're also the individuals that we might follow in a political or a social or even a family setting. Mm-hmm. And what's been interesting as we've gone through the past year of, of workshops and trainings, we moved our trainings, as you might imagine, from face-to-face two-day workshops to a four, uh, four-part uh two hours per part with a one hour study session at the end. What we found is that individuals really were seeking uh, all of the characteristics that had always been sought for that honesty, uh, competence, uh, inspiration, and forward looking. But during the pandemic, what really uh, was lifted up were these concepts of dealing with um, the issue of supportive leaders dependable leaders. And it's, I guess, not surprising in some respects that we would see those aspects of credibility increase Mm -hmm. because the fear and the anxiety that uh, the pandemic, uh, the economic distress, uh, racial justice issues in our community, uh, grief and so forth have really raised, uh, have generated that hunger uh, for uh, supportive individuals in our life. And I don't know about you, but I know that I have you know, purposely sort of uh, sought out more supportive individuals mm-hmm. in a more mm-hmm. uh, direct manner and have limited uh, um, those who I don't find as supportive for, for my mm-hmm. needs. I mean, we, we make those kind of deliberate choices during the yes. pandemic because time seems more compressed yes. yeah. in some ways. You know, and it's interesting how so many of the concepts around leadership and the foundation thereof, I think mean, Covey's work when it talks about um, the speed of trust, you know, at its, at that foundation, it's about trust um, and it's really integrity and mutual interest. 
And so when I think about the integrity with regards to, can I trust you? Do you show up honest? And that consistency that kind of goes along with those four characteristics that you indicated, that top one with regards to honesty, certainly aligns with the integrity. And I would see the mutual interest being in the support. If it's, you know, are you always showing up and it's just about you? Or do you care about me as well? Um, so, you know, it's, it's nice how all of these um, teachings, one might say, really do um, support each other as we're looking at being very intentional about our leadership style. Looks like we're going to need to um, take a break, but when we come back, I'd love to have us dive a little bit more, see if there's additional thoughts that you have as it relates to um, credibility and how it has shown up as a need regarding the more supportive, independability, uh, leadership uh, one might say uh, characteristics and styles that kind of goes along with those admired characteristics that you named with regards to honesty, competence, uh, being inspiring and forward looking, and really dive into also the five practices of exemplary leadership. So stay with us and we're going to be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl White and delighted to have Edward Condon, the Executive Director of Region 9 of Head Start Association and a Certified Leadership Challenge Facilitator with us today talking about exemplary leadership and what the pandemic has revealed. 
And before we went to break, Ed, I know you had talked a little bit about how credibility has shown up as uh, one of those top characteristics that have been added to honesty, competence, um, inspiring, and forward-looking that I think have in our stables over time. I think you said you've seen more around supportive and dependability, kind of being connected with credibility um, in this last year. Want to say more about that? Yeah, you know, in the workshops that we conduct in our survey, uh, each workshop, we ask um, individuals, you know, why do they believe this change is occurring? And most cite the fear and anxiety of the unknown. I think they feel that they um, are going alone in many aspects of their life economically. Uh, maybe someone in their family has lost a job or has fallen on hard times in this past year. And so they feel that uh, when their supervisor, when their organizational leaders affirm to them uh, that their, their employment uh, is stable, that their, their work is something that they can count on, they feel that dependability is just so valued because it takes mm-hmm. one less thing uh, off the, the table, if you will, to, to worry about. Mm-hmm. And because there are so many, and, and as we outlined, that's been a big issue. The other has been that they have felt that uh, in many instances, uh, seeing into each other's home through Zoom, uh, having a dog or cat or grandchild mm-hmm. enter the scene has really humanized people in uh, leadership roles that may have been once seen only in the construct of a, of a large office or a podium at a, at a, 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 a you know, speech that's being given, an assembly of employees, that they have felt much closer to those who lead them. And I think it's interesting. I've, I've heard a similar uh, statement about home visitors who uh, parents are more open to the advice and engagement of the clinical staff because they're seeing, again, into each other's homes. They see the activities that are going on, the art, the absence, or, or, or what have you. And so I think one of the silver linings in, um, the, in the COVID year has been to get to know each other differently and in more shared space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that's, again, how supportive has been uh, expressed to me that folks mm-hmm. feel um, like they're dealing with real people once again, mm-hmm. even if at one time they felt that individual was mm-hmm. far, far away from their uh, work-life experience. Mm-hmm. I think that's fabulous. I, you know, and I'm always like do, 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 making these connections. And as you describe that sense of um, humanity, that sense of um, greater connection, that sense of a desire for um, support, what comes to mind is the suffering with. So like in this time where there's so much um, unknown <clears throat> having someone be there to listen to and affirm what is known or affirm how they can help and how they will show up. Um, it embraces the concept of um, compassion. Yeah. And yeah. so well, well being able to see how that compassion kind of shows up and how that's made a difference in having that person feel supported, I think Wonderful. is. Uh, 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 our Surgeon General Vivek Murphy in his mm-hmm. book on togetherness really explores the dynamics uh, of what happens to us physiologically, neurologically, when we're in relationship and how we are so much healthier. And that's not disregarding introverts or extroverts. It's just Mm -hmm. saying that we all as human beings need that connectedness and the absence of that connectedness Mm -hmm. of of being able to see uh, the stranger uh, Mm -hmm. really leaves us uh, challenged. And so we we, we always have to be forging forward to Mm -hmm. see individuals in, in that 
more human context so that we can identify with them, with their suffering, with their strengths, Mm -hmm. with their aspirations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, I underscore, um, how, what you're communicating really, um, connects with that whole, when I say suffering with, that's the essence of compassion. When I can suffer with you and do something that indicates I understand you, I feel you, I get what's important to you and I want to help. So love it, love it, love it. Um, So I think as we begin to dive forward and look at these five practices of exemplary leadership, the first one being model the way, what could you say about this? Well, in, in the uh, practice area of model the way, and I, and I should just uh, say up front, it's interesting that we call these practice areas mm-hmm. uh, because w- leadership as we see it with uh, the leadership challenge is not something that you learn and check off. It's not an accomplishment. You know, practice is what we do to learn a sport, to learn music, to learn to cook, maybe to learn to speak a language. We're constantly practicing, which means that we're struggling, right? And, mm. then, and that struggling is generally struggling in the context of some others, and we're moving toward a higher performance. Uh, and so the design of the Leadership Challenge isn't expecting any one of us to be uh, exemplary in all aspects at all time. It's really being exemplary in the effort toward those practices, to be mm-hmm. mindful of them. And then the first practice area, model the way, which is really fundamental to the design, it's really, uh, I think, best articulated by the phrase, do what you say you will do. It's, um, you know, put those words into actions and those actions into uh, a context that people can understand and follow. Uh, that, you know, really what we're about is being clear on what we believe and acting in a manner uh, that affirms your individual values. But to do that, you have to know what those values are. And you have to think about those values from an element of, you know, what what is core to my identity, not what's core that's expected of me or assigned to me, or maybe, um, you know, in the family design, I've been in some inheritance, but really what do I believe? And so for our workshops, we give a good amount of time for folks to explore their own personal values, to identify, to talk with them and give them um, uh, time to uh, foster uh, clarity because we find that so many of the staff in our programs have never had the privilege of thinking about themselves in a Mm -hmm. values-based context. Mm -hmm. They know them, faith and family, Mm -hmm hope, health, honesty, you know, things of that nature, but they never really organize them in that hierarchical way. And once they do that, uh, they find it's so much easier to talk about them. So, you know, do what you say you will do. Well, the first bit of that is to understand who you are. And so we, we really work closely on that. Throughout the workshop, we also explore the concept of credibility. We also explore how is it that in that sort of shared context, others can come to believe who you are. Wonderful. I, I love so much of what you just communicated. The whole concept of a practice and um, the notion of exemplary, as you talked about exemplary, you know, what comes to mind for me is our, um, the notion of excellence, but excellence not being perfection. Excellence is doing the best we can at any given time, given what we have. Um, And what I have found is that when leaders get hung up on perfection and they begin to love um, the, 
their image of their program, the image of their outcomes, the image of what it is they're trying to accomplish, and the people who get into um, into their way of perfection then become irritants to the work, and then they're no longer loving the people. <laughs> and so we always say you got to have a vision and have that vision, but love the people yeah. and love what you're doing um, and know that our our intent is to go for excellence, is to be exemplary, not perfect. Because when we get caught up on perfection, then we've lose the compassion. Yeah. And that one of my favorite quotes challenges. from uh, President Roosevelt was, you know, "Do what you can with where you're at, with what you have." Yes. You know, it's, it's it's and sometimes we have the ability to do more than than do it. Sometimes mm-hmm. we can't. We have to do less, but we do with what we have wherever we're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. and that always keeps us seeking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Just um, love that. And um, do what you say you will do. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. So when we think about the um, second um, practice with regards to the leadership challenge, inspire a shared vision, could you unpack that a little bit for us? Sure. And it's an interesting area for our workshop in particular, because it's not an area that uh, folks who attend my workshops uh, are frequently observed um, uh, expressing. So vision in the world of early childhood, uh, in the world of Head Start, is not something that's expected. We don't go to our staff and say, share with me your vision of what a high-functioning classroom looks like, or what a fully-functioning family might look like. And so... Uh, when we, we get into this work, most often I'm, I get a lot of pushback of, well, vision is someone else's responsibility. I'm here to run a site, to work in a classroom and so forth. But yet we know that leadership at every level uh, really must have vision for the leadership they're expressing, whether that's how our household is going to move forward or how a center or an agency is going to be, be, be uh, addressed. And, and in the workshop, we really unpack vision uh, exploring how it can be best communicated through imagery and ideals, uh, how we bring those values we talked about in Model the Way, we bring them to life by giving them voice in, uh, in, in, in this particular practice area. And we also know that for our employees, for the folks we're working with, they're always looking to connect their vision, once they have that better understood, with the organization's vision. And sometimes there's conflict. Uh, organizations that may not raise up, say, the value of family uh, through a parental leave or through a family employee assistance programs, there can be conflict. And so the vision of having a happy, healthy stressless family life, one that has time for all of the things that young children need of their parents mm-hmm. uh, can often be, can, can be in conflict. So mm-hmm. we know that organizational vision and individual visions um, can uh, collide, but they can also be highly complementary. In fact, mm-hmm. one of the pieces that I love to uh, remind our folks is that 70% of the folks in Head Start stay because of the passion they feel mm-hmm. for the work. Mm-hmm. And that passion is often experienced the sharing of stories, the mm-hmm. telling of, of, of ideals, mm-hmm. the uh, emphasis of where the work will take us, the child, and the community. Wonderful. Absolutely love it. I always say, hope is the dream that awakens the soul. That is like one of my absolute favorite uh, quotes. Uh, and we say, hope, when I can stir up hope and look to something beyond what is to what's possible, it then allows me to 
to move beyond what's possible if I can only look at what is and I um, have a child that has challenges or my classroom has challenges or my organization has challenges or my personal life has challenges. If I can't really look beyond that to what's possible and hope that dream to create a vision to move forward, it leaves me sometimes stuck. So yeah. I think our ability to, un to be unstuck and to support others in being unstuck is to really say, let's stir up the hope. Let's, as the kids say now, you know, be woke, yeah. have a dream. It's, it comes from that hope. It says, stir up that hope. You know, hope is the dream that awakens the soul. So let me awaken my soul, have this vision to then be able to be aspirational and inspirational in moving forward. Looks like we have to take another uh, break, but when we come back, we're gonna talk about the other exemplary practices of leadership. So stay with us, we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. 
And we are back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl White, your host for the day. And with me today, we have Edward Condon, the Executive Director of Region 9 Head Start Association. Ed is also a certified Leadership Challenge Facilitator and love the framework and glad to have you with us today, um, kind of going through these exemplary practices of leadership. And we're going to just dive right back into our conversation, looking at the third practice, and that is challenge the process. Wonderful. And, and you know, really in this practice area, uh, we work to unpack uh, what holds us back. And conducting the workshop, we uh, really focus on model the way and inspire a shared vision as being fundamental uh, really to the self, the self-identification development. As we move into challenge the process, here we're looking at moving into the context of working with others and how does that intersection occur in ways that are beneficial to both parties. And so as we unpack with what holds us back, we really ask the question, why is it that we follow leaders? And what is it that uh, leaders do that can help us innovate, help us take ownership over the work that we do? Uh, And so we really try to explore ways in which organizations are open to individual growth and learning because it's in the setting of growth and learning that we are more likely to take risks. And research shows that when we're taking risks and stretching ourselves, that's when we are in that sort of flow between Mm -hmm. challenges to our uh, intellect and our skill set and the development of a stronger and more useful toolbox. And, you know, some of us call that aging and the gaining of wisdom. Uh, you know, younger people might call it, oh, I've got that workshop done. I'm, I, I can move on. <laughs> but, but we know that it's, you know, it's a little of both. It's, it's being thrown a curveball at 8 a.m. to get something done by, you know, noon. It's also uh, taking a course and figuring a way to apply it mm-hmm. and bringing it back and becoming uh, that advocate for Uh, that change that your organization needs. And one of the things that's been great with COVID is it has broken uh, the routine of the services we provide into many parts and pieces. The the teacher who was once uh, a classroom teacher may now be an itinerant teacher working out of the trunk of her home, bringing resources in a very individualized way to families. It's no longer about a class of 24. It's about one student. And so learning to listen, learning to package up those opportunities for individual growth has really changed the way uh, and I think created probably more ownership because folks Mm -hmm. have been more open to uh, unpacking uh, those processes. Yeah, you know, and and I think underscoring the um, one of the benefits that have definitely come through the pandemic is innovation. And, um, you know, so I love the learning. I love the growing. And, you know, I was just speaking with someone over the weekend where they had just moved into, signed a lease for office space, like right at the beginning of the pandemic, right before it started. And they've been going into office. Everybody else has been working from home. And they're like, we figured out all these great ways of working from home. So, like, why do we even have this expense? So, why have we, why have we moved to this great grand space and um and now they're rethinking like how they're going to go about you know doing their business moving forward and does it even make sense for staff to lose the time that they would lose in the um just kind of going to the office 
out of a rote norm versus going to the office when there's a need to. Yeah, right. And do I need this much office space or can we have shared office space and maybe a larger conference space and, yeah. and so on and so forth. So I love the whole notion of um, challenge the process, um, particularly as it relates to tapping into learning and growing and being innovative. Yeah, yeah and I even think with competitors, Mm -hmm. um, this is a new opportunity to find collaborators. Mm -hmm. You know, both myself and anyone who does the work that I need the same services. But there's so much work to be done. What we really need is to is to figure out what are our paths for the work, collaborate, and not compete for the same space. Now that mm -hmm. we are, you know, all of us, I think, mm -hmm. seeking new ways and new efficiencies, uh, COVID has taught us that there's different ways to do it. Maybe I don't need office space, but I do need the bandwidth. I do need the video studio space. I do need the audio recording space, but I don't need it all the time. So maybe my competitor should sublet it from me or co-share it with me. Mm -hmm. And then we're all, we're all with the space we need and we can go in our individual mm -hmm. direction. I think that's what yeah. challenge the process really is. Being smart. I love that. Mm -hmm. I, I love that thought of our competitors um, maybe best suited and we may both be best suited as collaborators and uh, these are my areas of strengths and my resources what I can bring and here's what you're really better at and what you can bring and do and not everyone trying to do everything but everyone really find, finding their sweet spots and how do we bring those sweet spots together and collaborate I think another great way of um, thinking innovatively and um, bringing the best. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Wonderful. Wonderful. Enable others to act is our fourth practice. What might yeah, you say about that? Yeah. So in this area, we're really focusing on uh, the concept of, of power. Um, we like to think that um, what a leader uh, does and how a leader shares knowledge and shares uh, time that's allocated to them is, is critical. Um, and so uh, empowering each other, uh, creating means by uh, by the notion for you to be successful may mean that I need to bring voice to what has made me unempowered, just dis dis mm -hmm. disabled, if you will. Uh, and that's been an interesting dynamic as we think about so many other factors that are going on in our community. There's a lot of talk now about how to citizen, how do we reconnect as individuals in this polarized world? And uh, I think that it's this particular area is enabling others to act that we really have to stop and think about, you know, what is our willingness to take feedback? What is our willingness to offer authentic feedback? Um, and what is our willingness to be vulnerable and, um, and, and really understand what we've done wrong and how we've made others powerless by acting in such a manner that we were closed to feedback, closed to learning, closed to new ideas. And so this again is about sort of inspiring others to, to step away from the, the usual structure of thinking and doing to uh, assess what can happen in a dynamic where we have shared aspirations for both of us to be successful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love it. You know, I think of a, a quote, I, 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 um, an interview I had watched uh, years back, it was Megan Marco, and it was really about women empowerment. And she was saying, women don't need to find their voices. They have a voice. Uh, they need to be encouraged to use it and others need to be encouraged to listen. And so as I think about the whole notion of um, inclusion 
as we also are in this space where we're um, looking at diversity, equity, and inclusion, I think inclusion really goes well with what you've just talked about, Ed, with regards to kind of creating that space and understanding that I may have the privilege of having a lot of authority in this space, but do I also use it to create space to invite in other voices and to encourage others to listen to those other voices? Or do I, you know, take up all that space myself? Absolutely. And, and we know that role, title, uh, gender, you name it, race, uh, has all these aspects that uh, is, is also about power sharing. And so mm-hmm. thoughtful leaders, and again, leaders at every level, really need to check in with what are the dynamics in their environment and how do they ensure that uh, everyone has a voice at the table uh, mm-hmm. on the values and on the vision that they bring to the organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wonderful. That whole um, notion of empowerment. I always think about um, the enabling others um, to act. I also think about the art of delegation mm-hmm. and how sometimes we can dump instead of delegating. And then we're upset that the person wasn't able to do it well because they didn't catch what we dumped, <laughs> as opposed to our envisioning you know, what success would look like in this project that needed to be completed. And after envisioning what success would look like, really having a conversation that allows us to understand what the person needs from us as it relates to direction and support. And then I can delegate this to you thoughtfully as opposed to dumping it to you. Because when I delegate it to you thoughtfully, then I've probably set you up for success. And then I've probably have set both of us up for success with regards to me being more confident that I can get back the outcome that I'm desirous of because this person was set up for success and they were successful. So now I'm going to delegate more and the person felt successful. So now they're more confident and we create this process and this cycle of um, others being enabled yeah. to act. Well, and, and many uh, folks have reported to me and the dynamics of Zoom have really broken down that ability to dump uh, without clear <laughs> direction because mm-hmm. Zoom flattens, you know, you and I are having a one-on-one conversation. We're not in an office environment. We're not just releasing it to 20 people. I'm sure that still happens, but I think this, this, uh, this, the, the, um, the effort that Zoom forces us to be more more elemental in our direction and really has helped all of us to check in, uh, to, to ensure that there's, I can't read your gesture, so I can't assume, right? So I have to really ask you, how are you feeling about it? Do you have what you need? Is there anything I can do to get out of your way so you can be successful? Is this mm-hmm. too much? And those kinds of things I think we do better in this environment than we may have done in an office environment where it was just, uh, grab and go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, I know we have our fifth um, practice that we're going to talk about a little bit on the other side of break. Then I'll also just ask you if there's um, anything else with regards to some additional final tips you might share with our listening audience. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more sharing that fifth practice with regards to uh, really being um, exemplary in our leadership So um, more to come on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. 
Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with Leadership Matters. We're going to jump right into that fifth um, practice uh, with regards to the leadership challenge, Encourage the Heart. Ed, what can you tell us about this one? Well, as, as uh, we jokingly say, it's all about love. And, you know, I, I like to remind uh, folks as we do the workshop, there's really only two choices in life, and that's either love or fear. Uh, you know, uh, Gerald Jampolsky says it well in some of the books he wrote, uh, maybe in the 80s, about how much time we spent, uh, you know, somewhere believing there's, there's middle ground, but there really isn't. We either love what we do. Or, or, or we're fearful of it, we're anxious about it, we're, we're doubting ourselves. And I think the leadership challenge really goes to the point of encouraging the heart has to be woven through each and every day and through each and every way that we express ourselves. We have to be passionate about our work. We have to, be, we have to share passion in the vision as we articulate it. We have to express it in, in challenging others and in encouraging and empowering them and enabling them. We have to come from a place of love because it's where we as human beings are most uh, opened up and willing to, to commit. Uh, we are more willing to do things in the context of a loving, supportive relationship than we will be through retribution or power or, or discipline. Um, and in the, in the workshop, there's two things that we really try to bring out. And the first is that uh, encouraging others, encouraging the heart really has to be a personal uh, commitment of leader to the source that we cannot, uh, we cannot just offer general uh, accomplishments or accolades. We have to talk about the individual efforts because that's who's listening and that's who is going to be motivated. And it's 
it's sometimes hesitant on agencies, organizations to call out individual success because they're afraid they will name the wrong person or the, the, the favored person will be named. But quite honestly, people know who are uh, those that need to be celebrated and who shouldn't be. We know that in our communities. And so with the Leadership Challenge, we want to really make it personal, call it out. And not leaders cannot delegate that work. They have to show up and make it personal, make it direct. And the second is um, the idea that uh, values must be included in the celebration of victories, that we simply can't uh, uh, celebrate the accomplishment of an opening of a new site or the achieving or a, of a new grant. We have to talk about the values that got us there. And again, it's a chance to come back around to the values, the vision, and make sure that people understand what is the structural uh, element, what's what's in the DNA of this organization or these individuals mm. that led us to that accomplishment. The accomplishment mm. didn't occur on its own. It had mm. there were reasons. There was uh, there was uh, there was uh, elements that played right along there. So mm. I think those are really the two pieces. You know that that we know in the in the happiest workplaces that individuals are not always looking just. Uh, for high paying compensation. What they're looking for really is uh, empathetic management. They're looking for caring attitudes. And particularly now, they're also looking for a little more of a relaxed approach toward work-life balance because mm -hmm. there's been so much pressure uh, on families to maintain. And as we said at the beginning of the show, for some, this has been a very troubling time for different mm -hmm. reasons. And so that empathy has to be placed up front and forward. And that's where workforces are going to be, work settings are going to be most successful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love that. Celebrating the people, living the values, advancing the vision, and um, really um, demonstrating that love for the people and the work in doing so. Um, comes to mind for me that, um, you know, when we can show up, in a way where people feel cared for, what we get goes beyond compliance. What we get is commitment. And in commitment, we're going to be definitely doing a much better job in delivering in a way that's going to have a positive impact on those that we're serving um, in our community. So absolutely love that and in um, love your assertion that that needs to be woven throughout all the other practices. The other practices fall flat if we don't show up in a way that's caring and compassionate. So absolutely loving it, loving it. So Ed, as we um, begin to wrap up, any final thoughts um, that you'd like to share with the listening audience as relates to uh, this topic? Yeah, the, the work that we do, we find there's one particular topic that's the hardest one to overcome and it comes up throughout the time we're together. And that's really the issue of feedback. Uh, mm. It's positioning yourself to ask for feedback and also authentically offering feedback. You know, mm -hmm. feedback sits there in that very tender spot of wanting to belong mm -hmm. and needing to be given direction and, and clarity. Uh, and so we're vulnerable in the context of feedback. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we, we see that that's what a lot of our folks will leave the workshop uh, seeking. They, they want to be better at giving it and they want to be much better at hearing it so they can mm -hmm. construct uh, their approach toward leadership and their responsibilities in a way mm -hmm. that really 
gives them that space and that uh, authentic, uh-huh. that deliberate self. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, I, and I think it's a hard one because organizations and, and work settings have sort of structured feedback in a punitive way through performance appraisals or through, uh-huh. um, through um, other, you know, litigiously related designs. And the truth is, uh, you know, one of the great things we can do is move to that coaching, that reflective supervision model. Mm-hmm. We see that, that organizations that are deep in reflective supervision, not just as it relates mm-hmm. to their classrooms, but throughout their organization, mm-hmm. uh, really are much more successful because mm-hmm. uh, people are in tune with the possibilities. Yeah, love that. And I like the appreciative inquiry approach uh, to feedback because um, we can, it's, it's, one might move faster in saying, here's what you're doing really well, and here's your next level of excellence. Here's where we want to get you to. I don't have to say what you're not doing as much as here's what we need to have you do for us to then talk about what do we need to do to get you there. So um, being able to even frame our uh, feedback in a way where it's feeding forward, um, advancing um, performance, absolutely love it. Ed, if we have someone who would be interested in learning more about this topic and connecting with you, is there a way they might um, do so? Sure. So I'm available through the Region 9 Head Start Association. And uh, my email is econden at uh, region9hsa.org. And they can get us on the web. Google will find us. I'm also on LinkedIn. Glad to make connections there as well and have a continued conversation. The association offers uh, the Leadership Challenge Workshop three ways. We offer public workshops that we do a couple times a year. We just finished a series of public workshops, but we'll be doing some more in the summer and fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also do workshops on contract where we are brought in to do workshops for teams. We've done a number of agencies around the region, uh, both their leadership as well as staff. And then we do um, coaching around the LPI, the Leadership Practices Inventory. Uh, that's a standalone evaluative tool, assessment tool that gives great insight into how others see you. Uh, and we use that, of course, in the workshop, but we also offer that as an opportunity uh, to organizations that simply just want to work through the, the LPI, the Leadership Practices mm-hmm. Inventory. Awesome. And are there any um, other resources or events or anything that you kind of have top of mind that you might offer? Well, you know, thank you for asking. The authors just uh, came out with their brand new book. uh, And it's it's right on where our topic is, Everyday People, uh, Extraordinary Leadership. So uh, it's it's really um, brand new, just hot off the press. Okay. Uh, And uh, Everyday People, Extraordinary Leadership, How to Make a Difference Regardless of Your Title, role, or authority. So it's love a, it. Well, I will Wiley be going Press. to Amazon getting that one myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you can see I haven't quite jumped in there yet, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate the author's uh, humanness that they put into their mm-hmm. materials. Draw a lot from very rich stories and narrations. Mm-hmm. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you again, um, Ed, for being with us today and sharing all your expertise. And uh, thank you so much to our listening audience. Please tune in every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.